Hang on, my phone's ringing. Hello? Oh my God, if I get a call about the factory warranty on my car one more fucking time. <laughs> I love those memes that are coming out where there's like a guy on a deserted island and like just one bottle floats up and he opens it. It's like, we're here with your car's extended point. podcast called again Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all right welcome to svu pod especially heinous i'm gabe i'm tasha we are on the season two episode seven asunder yes under yes under i need to just like address this quickly most of this episode you guys is gonna be us just taking turns like chicken hawk screaming because <laughs> the shit is infuriating. Yeah. As women and as regular citizens and as people who want people to have like equal rights and you know, just like <laughs> Yeah. This is just infuriating. All right, so there's some dude, he's like he's watching Jerry Springer on TV and he turns it off. What? I need to do an immediate side note, like first half second in my cousin was on an episode of jerry springer no and none of way. us knew that he was doing it and it was with him and two of his friends my sister was a big jerry springer fan and she called my mom and she's like oh my god mom matt is on jerry springer right now i swear to god <laughs> and it was him and his girlfriend and she was confronting him and then this other dude came out because like he had been cheating on his girlfriend with his friend they were all like in acting school together so it was mm. just bullshit like so yeah. many of jerry springer things and That's... it was the late 90s so it was like a, I, I never saw it but i guarantee it was like on the problematic side yeah i think springer was on from like 91 to 2018 or something it was on forever yeah also i've heard interviews with jerry springer and he's a delight yeah dude i was just like looking him up and there is like a he did a ton of shit mm-hmm. yeah he wasn't yeah. just like he was like a politician he was an actor he those are the only things I can remember. Anyway, so it was like like a tabloid show where people just like fought the whole time. That's yeah, it. it would. There was some interesting stuff, but by the middle mm-hmm. of it to the end of it, it was just people like throwing chairs and shit and like right. They like immediately when they would come out, and then like the head security guy Steve got his own talk show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> where people did the same shit, and everybody would like cheer for Steve when he would come out and have to separate people. <laughs> It was WWE talk show version. Yeah. There was a movie. And like once in a while, there would just be like a chick with huge tits that would come out and put like two liters under her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. And when you're homesick with fucking strep throat, you're just like, and you're like nine and you're like, whoa. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, so that's what he had on the TV. It has nothing to do with this. <laughs> no, it was just, yeah. So he turns off the TV and then he hears an actual live couple fighting in his building. And he looks out the window and sees this couple fighting down the stairs to the street. And this fucking lady. She's a tiny Bernadette Peters adjacent woman. Yeah, she's very, she's, her hair is amazing. Mm -hmm. So this lady throws a fucking pan at the dude's head and hits him. But she's, before she throws it, she screams, I can't wait until you die so I can spit on your corpse. But she's got this hard South Philly accent. So she's like, I can't wait till you die so I can spit on your cops. Yeah. She hits him in the back of the head and he turns around and she's like, oh, fuck. And yeah. he runs back and drags her back inside. All right. So we're at Munch's desk in the precinct. He's walking this woman through what she's reporting. And this guy apparently is her husband. And she says that he raped her. Mm-hmm. She's there, but she's not wanting 
to really cooperate with the procedure. Her frustration is coming out in anger, right? And Munch is chill for like a moment. Like she cops an attitude with him because she's been through some shit and it's how she's dealing with it. And he apparently didn't go to that weekend fucking training because he immediately has an attitude. He's like, maybe you'd be more comfortable with a female detective. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'd be more comfortable with anybody with a brain. He's like, there are five stages of grief. Try not to go through all of them at once. Like, he's talking to a rape victim. Yeah. Glimpses of unlikable munch. Like, she's being really hard on you, but she's been through one of the worst things a person can go through. Like, set your fucking ego aside. Yeah. Munch is not likable this episode. I'm sorry for forcing him on you, Gabe. (laughs) I did. Yeah. And I spoke too fucking soon. Yeah, but then he turns for a second and he's like, doesn't matter who raped you, doesn't matter if you're in a relationship with them or if you were in a relationship with them, rape is rape. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool. And Toots is hanging out on deck when they finally get her to say her husband's name because he's like, tell me where he is, we can go pick him up, you know? Right. And she goes, he's at Manhattan South, Sergeant Lloyd Andrews, homicide. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. So the team is filing into Cragen's office to go over the shit show that they're about to get into. Mm -hmm. And... And Jeffries is kind of hanging back and Craig and, you know, asks her if she wants to join him. And she's like, oh, I would, but I've got papers to file and coffee to make. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen Jeffries this entire season since episode one when she got shoved out by Toots. Yeah. Okay. Well, she didn't get shoved out by Toots. She got shoved out by fucking IED or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it I using or? toots as a shovel? They like shoveled her up with a, a tutuola shovel and plopped her to the side. And, and filled in the hole with, with a toots. Yeah. <laughs> filled in the yeah. hole with toots. <laughs> I'm just patting it. <laughs> Welcome to my mornings. <laughs> Okay, so it's not exactly Craigan's fault that she's in this position, but we didn't see him go to bat for her either. Mm-hmm. Now, allegedly, IRL Michelle Hurd is being written off the show at this time because she didn't like the way Jeffries was being shown or the lack of how she was being shown. And we barely got to know her in season one. And if I had time, I would love to do some fan fiction on her journey after leaving the 1-6, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When my kids are in fucking school. Oh, Go off to a cabin and write the great American novel. <laughs> <laughs> so Craigan goes back into the office to get the rundown from Munch and Toots. This woman's name is Patricia Andrews, and all she came out with was a sprained wrist physically. Mm-hmm. Munch jumps in and he's like, Toots failed to mention that the guy is a fucking cop, her husband. And he was like, yeah, um, I didn't think it was important because his badge shouldn't fucking lessen the blow of what he did. Yeah. In like perfect tutuola tone, too. Yeah. And Stabes jumps in with the sergeant's stats, 20-year vet, citations a sheet long, high closure rate, all caps, me. I hate this conversation. I know. So Munch's redeeming qualities are completely gone with his comment of, quote, forsaking all others being some argument for a man not having to hear the word no in a marriage. Mm -hmm. To quote the great Portia Williams of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, wrong road, Munch. (laughs) Meg. (laughs) I don't know what any of that means. I know you don't, but you would love it if you knew. And Stabes goes, I've been married 16 years. I hear no all the time. Stabes is on the right side of this. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Benson explains that women as property doesn't exist since 1984 when it was decided we have the right to say no. Fucking 1984? I know. I Don't know. tell me that women and men are on the same fucking playing field today. There's no way we made that level of progress since 19-fucking-84. I know. I was born. And they're like... I guess that men can't rape their wives, says the law. Fuck off. I know. Fuck off. I know. 
I know. Craigan wants them to take this very carefully because um, is it IAB or IEB? IAB, Internal Affairs Bureau. Okay, so Craigan wants them to take this carefully because obviously IAB is going to be all over this. Mm. Toots is like, I don't want his status as a cop to lessen the blow. And Craigan is just like, trust me, okay? Yeah, but Toots is pissed that this guy's already getting special treatment and he can see it. So they're in the talk room. Munch and Toots go into the room to talk to Patty. She's smoking and Munch tells her to put it out because it's a government fouling. So she fucking hard exhales into Munch's face and then she puts it out at the bottom of her like fucking Reeboks. (laughs) She doesn't give a shit. First of all, it takes fucking balls for a spouse of a police officer to go to other cops for help. Because we know how that fucking shit works out. There's like tons of movies about it. So she she tells them that her husband always plays basketball with some cop friends before he goes to work. Okay? Mm -hmm. So Munch and Toots want her to sign her statement, but he wants her to say it again to him. He wants to hear it in her own words first, which is like, you're a fucking piece of shit. And then I wrote, see why I don't like Munch. Yes. Yeah. At least in this episode, because he was starting to kind of like, I don't know, remember I was listening to the episode yesterday when he was talking to that little girl. She's mm-hmm. like, you want to see my doll? And he's like, nah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, that's funny. You like him the most when he's kind of a dick to a kid. <laughs> but it was funny. It was. She doesn't really want to. Like, obviously, um, she asks if either of them are married and gets like sassy. Munch is like, are you always this pleasant? It's like this woman's been fucking raped. Like, fuck you. She says that they've been married for five years and he's been shitty, but never like this. And Munch is like, maybe he thought you guys were making up. Through tears, she goes, a chokehold isn't foreplay for me, detective. Mm-hmm. And Munch goes, and a pot to the head turns him on. Why are you? I don't even have anything to say about it. All I said was the caps lock on my computer is going to wear out. Munch, that is not what we're fucking talking about. Munch tells her that she needs to understand if her accusations are founded. He's going to have to arrest him, cuffs, cage, everything. And I'm like, put your finger down, Munch. And she's like, what do you take me for? She knows that they're not going to do shit. She gets up and signs the papers and fucking takes off. She can hold her own but she's like shouldn't have to she shouldn't have to yeah i'm surprised like toots wasn't like oh my god munch get out of here i'm talking to craig and we're gonna get benson over here or something she shouldn't have to come in and be like tender and broken for you to like give her the support that she fucking deserves when he said to her are you always as pleasant she's like what like like you're saying i deserve it because i'm not fucking Mm -hmm. you know okay god all right this is why this is gonna take hours and hours but we, I'll, I'll um, focus. I'll just we'll focus. Yeah, I need to focus. So we're aware that we both hate this. And everyone's aware that we fucking hate this. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you don't hate this, fucking DM me because I'll, I'll fill you in on why. You need to. Just <laughs> kidding. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so Benson and Stabler at the home of Cyrus Parker. He's the fucking guy that heard them fighting in the first scene. Can I say? He's precious. This guy is so stinking cute. <laughs> and he <laughs> yeah. has a sprinkle of Gabe's dad to him. He does. Oh, my God. That's Doesn't probably why he? I was oh just God, like. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you see it. That's probably why I wrote like 50 times he's precious he calls mr and mrs andrews the springers he says that they're better than the show they fight a lot sometimes the cops come lloyd always pulls them aside and they leave like because he's a fucking cop so he witnessed the pot hitting lloyd and him snatching her and taking her back inside but didn't see or hear anything else oh my god so you know how we got that there was a review and somebody was like i'm obsessed with the midwest accents and i'm like oh probably when we like talk about our families and we make fun of them no we think we have subtle accents and we fucking don't. I typed this up before and mine says, Craigan's office. Oh, here comes internal <laughs> affairs. <laughs> oh, let me just squeeze on by. Here comes internal affairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, got a minute. 
Craig is like, yeah, I'll talk to you guys in a second. I just got to shove up my neighbor's driveway. <laughs> <laughs> the wife's got a casserole coming. Just hold on one sec. She's making a goulash. <laughs> so Santiago and Howard are these internal affairs cops. And these dudes are fucking scum. And I know this is a petty, petty fucking reach, but Santiago has a vocal fry that makes me hate him so much. I was rewatching it this morning and everything he said, I mocked back like while I was watching it. He's like, let's get this finished up. <laughs> so this is a lesson for us non-law and order regular drinkers. Okay. I pulled this directly from wikiwan.com, but quote, during his law and order tenure, Cregan was investigated by internal affairs for corruption. During the investigation to prove his innocence, he discovered that he was being framed by his former captain and mentor, whom he turns in and is cleared by IAB. He was an alcoholic for much of his early career, but goes sober after pulling his service revolver on a taxi driver in a drunken rage. I know that made me want to go back and like watch some Law and Order regular. Oh, this was all on regular? Yeah. Oh my God, I know nothing. He has remained sober since even after the death of his wife in a plane crash, which we found out about in season one. Where Olivia was like, mm, I can relate. <laughs> Remember, we were like, no, Mm-mm, let him no. talk. Just like our Vic. No, not just like our Vic. They all have flaws. They're all people with flaws. Cragen was written out of Law and Order in 1993 as he is transferred to the Anti-Corruption Task Force, occasionally making guest appearances on the show. So then he becomes captain of SVU and the dad who we learned to like know and love oh my god i had no idea about any of this but this part i was like this has to be a law and order regular thing he's got a messy past with that's why he didn't shake their hands when they walked in Mm -hmm. like a dude rejecting a handshake and he's got a leather jacket and he like slicks his hair back instead and is like (laughs) fonzie face yeah (laughs) yeah So they both want Craigan to take it slow and easy with this case. They also act like marital rape isn't a thing. Yeah. And he's like, he's not, it's not like he's skimming drugs or anything. Dude literally says we marry them just to have it available. So tell me how you rape a wife. Yeah. Ooh. And then for some reason, this shit like confuses Craigan. Like he just kind of is like, how do you rape a wife? <laughs> and Oof. this might have been at the time really like people are like how it's 1999 you can't rape your wife what or whatever or 2000 or it's like this maybe was like a really controversial whatever i don't care this is not that long ago i know i'm not even gonna okay now we're on the street olivia's grabbing coffee for her and stabler while he's on the phone taking notes so there was four domestic complaints um at the andrews house no arrests same two cops always came, Clarkson and Powell. Benson and Stapler go to this donut shop, which is fucking just classic. To catch these guys on their break. Yeah, they yeah. ask the first, like, dumpy cop they see where they are, and he points them out. Benson and Stabler sit down with these cops in a booth that looks like it's intended for two people. <laughs> can we sit? Can we get in here? Can we just scooch, <laughs> let me just scoot down in? <laughs> ah, well, I mean, I guess. Like, sure. It's a really small booth. I mean, you could stand, but whatever. It's fine. These two cops just say that the Andrews fight a lot. They're like, if anyone's abused, it's Mr. Andrews because she throws shit at him all the time. And that's like pretty much the only information we got from them. Yeah. And Stabes is like, what? She's the abuser? Like, yeah, I just it's weird how everybody pretends like they don't understand the complexities of an abusive relationship. So we're at the precinct. Stabler and Craigan are doing a walk and talk. Craigan says that this is the first time ever that IAB wants to like flush a thing. So there's either some other agenda or this could come back to like bite SVU. So then Stabler's like, we, we could bring in 
Lloyd for an interview and Cragen thinks that they can't because then he'll lawyer up and won't talk. So Cragen yeah. wants him to go and get a read on him before he figures all this out. Yeah. So off to the pre-work pickup basketball game Sergeant Andrews plays at. I laughed so hard because <laughs> Andrews goes to high five this dude. They're just like they're like playing pickup basketball. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And he goes to high five this dude. Yeah. And the dude just like tosses the ball and walks off. Yeah. He totally got <laughs> fucking punked on that. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Staves is there to play tank top time. <laughs> There's a couple of other cops there and they're all introducing themselves and Staves is like, hey, sex crimes. And also Andrews has Paul Sheermouth mixed with Tony Danza face. Holy shit. Just to give a visual. Yeah. Yes. God, Stabler's like beefy ass in fucking <laughs> basketball shorts. So this cop who works under Andrews is immediately a fucking prick to Stabes, like on the court. They're all like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Let's play b-ball, guys. Bounce, bounce. You know, whatever. <laughs> bounce, <And> bounce. <laughs> Tasha, like, Tasha likes sports. Well, you do, just not basketball. Well, yeah, I just don't like, I've never liked basketball. I don't know. And I have friends and my husband, they're just like, basketball's like fucking the most active, intense one. I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't know. They're like, you like the slowest, most boring game ever baseball <laughs> anyway well you like football too and also like i love any kind of thing that involves two men fighting each other yeah i like boxing yeah <laughs> i love mma i love fucking boxing but anyway yeah. so this fucking guy who's being a total prick to staves is covering him on the court and then they like switch roles i don't know how basketball works so then they like switch and Staves is covering him and the guy fucking cheap shots him like elbow to the face. He immediately has a bloody nose. Andrews pulls Staves aside and says this guy is trying to send Staves a message. Wink, wink. And Staves is like, what? And he's like, you know, wink. And Staves is like, no, explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> and Andrews is like, listen, you can ask me all the questions you want after the game. He's like, rape, right? Yeah. And Staves is like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> So. so the crew's in Cragen's office and Staves is filling him in on the conversation that was apparently had between them after the basketball game, but we didn't see. Yeah. He said that Andrews read very genuine. It seems like his goons were just being protective. Yeah. They're trying to figure out what motive Patty has to accuse him of rape. Is it for a divorce? But no papers were filed. Munch thinks that she could be waiting till they arrest him and then file so that. So he's in jail or prison and there's like, yeah. no, it's not difficult for her then to like get what she can in the divorce or whatever. Yeah. But she's the real abuser is what is being said as yeah. if there can't be like a mutual like abusive thing happening but right. it's clearly like an insanely unhealthy relationship but like they can't wrap their minds around anything being gray at all right a call comes in craig and gets it legit he says what <laughs> and then he's on the phone for 1.5 seconds and goes we'll be right there so i said phone call a normal amount of time later craig and hangs up <laughs> Uh, so a unit was dispatched to the Andrews house. It was assault with a deadly weapon. And Mr. Parker called it in. Mm. Gabe's dad. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so they're at the Andrews house. There's an ambulance. And there's all these, you know, workers, government workers. First responders. <sighs> That's it. Government workers. There's, there's ambulance. <laughs> there's a notary public, like, just stamping shit. The president is there. <laughs> the vice president. <laughs> We're at the Andrews house. There's an ambulance and a bunch of first responders and shit. He's like yelling, she's a stupid bitch. And she's like, you touch me again, I'll cut your pig heart out. Why aren't you in jail? <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I like her. I know. I should wait till you're asleep and set you on fire. Did she say that? Yes. Oh, 
after she says that, he says, keep it up. I can do you without leaving a mark. Stapler goes up to Lloyd and he wants him to come down for questioning. I forgot this dork cop's name is Lloyd, by the way. I know. I don't like saying it. Andrews goes, I think I need a lawyer. And Stabe's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Stapler do that. Um, uh, yeah. Girl, yes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With like a bunch of head nods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, wait. Abby just texted me. <gasps> oh, my God. I can't believe we didn't know this. What? I mean, she's listening to episode four right now, Legacy, and like how we like hate that douchey teenage kid. Yeah. You know, the one who's like angry all the time and has like young Ross from Friends face. Yeah. She texted me just now and goes, the douchey teenage kid in the episode played Robin Williams' best friend, Lewis, in the movie Jack. Oh. I loved that movie. Oh, my God. I have watched that movie and cried so many times. Oh, R.I.P. Robin Williams. So the IAB detectives, the ones that we hate, are in Cragen's office kind of just having a sass off with him. Mm-hmm. And Santiago is like the leader of the two. He thinks he can get in SVU dad's face and fucking check him. And he's wrong. And he's like in his face and he's like, the brass thinks I'm orchestrating a cover up with SVU and the press has already gotten a whiff of it. And Craigan doesn't bite. So they go for Cabot, who's just chilling on the desk, like one butt cheek. <laughs> and he goes, are you going to say something, Ms. Cabot? Oh, that's right. on the T. Yeah. And she's chill AF. She won't say that they're charging the sergeant with rape because until they get his formal statement, it's premature and they need to lay off messing with SVU's investigation before she names them as conspirators. And then Santiago's like, we're here in a strictly supervising capacity. And she's like, not anymore. Consider yourself officially updated. Pan to Cragen at his desk trying to hold back a quiver lip smile. He's like, <laughs> yes, yes. He's like eating it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that when she's like, I'll charge you with fucking co-conspiracy. Yeah. She's like, I know you think you're talking to somebody impartial here, but we get beers together. <laughs> I love these people. I'm on the sex crime softball team. <laughs> we have t-shirts, you guys. So we're in the precinct. There's some fucking cops carrying Patty in. Benson Stabler are following behind with Andrews. Like, I don't believe they would have them ride in the fucking elevator together. I know. But whatever. So they then they split them up into two different rooms. Andrews goes in with Benson and Stabler and he's like, I'm not going to talk to you guys without my lawyer. They're like, okay, bye. And he's like, wait, you guys. You guys wait. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, let's just fucking talk about this and clear it up so we can all get back to work and Stabler's like look bro your wife told us you raped her like I feel like they're doing this like just two cops talking so he said he's been working a lot lately and then his wife thinks that he's having an affair she thinks I have a piece on the side and Benson's like do you and he's like yeah I mean (laughs) Uh, but he swears he didn't rape her he's like isn't it obvious that she's crazy like he's trying to sell the she's crazy angle because she's so abusive I mean she cut him and she's like throwing this police baton into the crowd at you know this street scene or whatever and he said that she's been like that and it's been getting worse since they found out she couldn't have kids oh that's right the day of the rape she says that Andrews came home like nothing had happened and Munch was like why didn't you just leave she's like where am I supposed to go 
I I wasn't the one that did anything wrong. Also, I noticed that they have her like in an actual interrogation room, like the ones that look scary with the with the like two way mirror, and they have him in like a conference room, even though she's mm. the one accusing. Like, did you, she, did you, did you notice the that? one who who committed assault with a deadly weapon though? So that's how they're treating it, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. She says that she cut him with a knife because she was scared when he just walked in because she thought he was in jail. Right, because Munch told her that they were going to go arrest him. Yeah, they ask if she has any friends or family she can stay with. This whole thing is like, why does she have she, to fucking go anywhere? Yeah. She also says that things started to get bad after they found out that she couldn't have kids. And I want to tack on a little note here and say that those things don't have to be connected at all. Yeah. So there's a back and forth storytelling then because it goes back to Stabler asking Andrew if the consensual sex he claims that they had was accompanied by him holding her down or anything aggressive and he says he's never touched his wife like that ever and then Olivia takes it back to the scene outside of their place and goes but you can do it without leaving a mark right sergeant <gasps> yes I love it uh-huh. mm-hmm. he said that shit was getting on a hand she threw a pot at him he came back and grabbed her to bring her back inside he packed her bags because his name was on the lease, he was going to like kick her out of their house. He said that she came out at him with a kitchen knife and disarmed her. So we're back to Mrs. Andrews. She said she didn't file a divorce because she loves him. This is like total battered wife syndrome for sure. She wants yeah. counseling and he won't go. And then she was like, but he'll have to after the trial, won't he? And then that's when I'm like, oh, no. Like, yeah. I start to doubt. I was like, did she say this to make so that he'll have to get counseling? Oh, I never doubted the rape thing. No, I, that because that, that's where my head went. Like, because she was like, he'll have to after the trial, right? And I was like, oh, no. I, I mean, I never thought, oh, maybe she was making it up so that he would get counseling. I went to like, oh, that's the only reason she reported it. Not because she wants this to end, oh. but she wants it to end and stay with this fucking psycho. Yeah. Which was like made my heart hurt. For her yeah we go back to andrews he says that they made love but he, he didn't hold her down or choke hold her um he says he doesn't do that it could cause some serious damage like you give a shit so then we're on the other side of the glass of course cabot tells craig and he's got to cut him loose and craig is like we have to book him please like he's like begging to have her mm. book him which is and funny because he he's like super by the book and he knows just as well as she does that like they don't have enough yeah craig says to cabot if we let him go we're sending a message to every wife that if she's raped by her husband she better get beat up too oh fucking great but cabot's hands are tied and she knows it so yeah she doesn't have enough to hold him try him nothing she won't get past the grand jury with this Right. So Craigan walks back into the squad room and all the fucking dudes from the basketball court are there. It's mm. fucking bullshit. They want to know if Andrews is in trouble. These dudes are saying that they are there to protect their own, which made me want to fucking break my fucking TV. This guy is like stepping to Craigan with his hands on his hips and Craigan's face and it's like, back up. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck do you think you're talking mm. to? Craigan's like, I enforce the law. I'll arrest anybody who fucking breaks it. I don't give a right. shit if you're a cop. Oh my god. This was so cute. I mean, they ended up having to let him go, but when Stabler comes out and he's got this big fucking shiner mm-hmm. given to him by the guy who's in Cragen's face. Stabler and Benson come out of the room where they've got the sergeant fucking Andrews. He's like, hey, cheap shot. <laughs> and the guy looks at Stabes and he goes, you got wood for my buddy? And Stabes like, I do now. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it was like cock face. Oh, so Craigan's like, if you guys don't fucking leave, I'll send your lieutenant a message. And the guys are like, who the fuck do you think sent us? Ooh. But Lloyd's free to go. Fucking Lloyd is free to go. Where's Harry in your dog van, Lloyd? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's what I- our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> so Mrs. Andrews walks into the, to the squad room. He wants her charged with assault. And Craigan's like, 
do it. They have to. She looks stunned and she's like, how can he do this? And there's a tiny threat, just a tiny, tiny shred, just a little light crack going through of redemption for Munch because he sounds pissed and he goes, I don't know, but I'll ask him. Count on it. I don't think he likes what he sees either. There's some major problematic shit with Munch. I'm trying to find something, okay? No, I'm trying I mean, to find something for Munch. There is because like, like this part when he, when he meets up with her in lockup, like he's like, yeah, Munch and Toots turn around, take Patty out and the Sarge leaves with his squad behind him like like the fucking jets like they should have been like yeah i was trying to come up with i'm like would he see like the head cheerleader and bring it on no that doesn't quite capture it Gabe's like yeah that's what it is you know i saw that on stage once i saw the play and i was with my mom because i watched west side story when i was a kid like almost every night but like the lights came on they started snapping and i started fucking bawling and my mom was like oh my god that is so precious I was like 35. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Um, I was a teen for sure. So Munch is meeting Patty in lockup. They have this funny little relationship going on, you know, where they don't like each other. I just think it's cute how she's like, oh, I remind you of your ex-wife. And he's like, no, I just don't like you. And she's like, oh, same. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, why do you keep sending Munch? Like, why is is he keep talking to this woman like didn't ugh. toots file a complaint yet like yeah. munch shouldn't be on this captain i'll go talk to her yeah so the th- number one thing she's most worried about even though she's in lockup is her husband and munch seems surprised by that but i'm not because it's some classic as shit unhealthy yeah. as fuck cycling behavior yeah she says he works midnight so he doesn't have to sleep she's like i once caught him scrubbing his bullets in the sink with his gun laid out on a towel which i was like um what red flag (laughs) yeah i'm from las vegas red flag (laughs) so she's like can you just drive by the house and check on him munch doesn't understand why she's so worried about her husband over herself but like he's a piece of shit so did we know munch is mid-divorced by the way no yeah not surprised he is yeah not surprised he's like my wife only calls me to tell me i'm a piece of shit and i was like yeah i would too Patty's in court for assault in the first degree. Her lawyer is pleading not guilty. Cabot generously asks to waive bail and requests ROR, which is release on own recognizant. Recognizance. What did I say? Released on their own recognizance. Isn't that what I said? No. What did I say? I wrote recognizant is recognizance. Recognizance. Oh, I, I literally had a dream where I was insecure about how much I correct you. And I'm like, I can't help it. I have to. <laughs> That's fine. The situation calls for compassion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like trying to hold that look as long as I could. Like I have I have hard time saying words that end with like like precinct. Yeah. The- just know that I'm going to be like, I can't handle not correcting that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the judge and Patty's lawyers, they're like both surprised. The judge is kind of not having it. He thinks it was dangerous for Patty to disregard police and emergency personnel so he orders a ten thousand bond i mean she threw a baton toward her husband that didn't hit anybody so i mean he says ten thousand dollar bail i'm like shit so crack down on her because she threw a stick around police but her rapist abuser husband is free right got it 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 down at one police plaza talking to i don't know who this guy is the new commish some important dude with an office Turns out Jeffries filed a complaint against the precinct and wants back in the field. Cragen says that they can't do that. And I'm like, does Cragen have any say here? I thought it was like the Morris Commission that was like, mm-mm. 
mm-hmm. she's pulled. But if I'm, he does have say in it, it's super fucked that he won't hear her out on it. Yeah, I'm glad that she filed a fucking discrimination suit because that shit was fucking whack. This dude tells Craig to talk to her as a friend and like make this go away. Yeah. So Munch plows into Cabot's office. Guess who just posted Patricia Andrews bail? Cabot's like, um, her husband. <laughs> <laughs> I love Munch is like, um, yeah. It's like, why are you surprised, Munch? This is like all abuse stuff, like classic. Like you're, I know, you are part of the SBU. Yeah. Munch thinks that a recant is coming from yeah. Patty. And Cabot's going to be able to use it. And he's like, you just want to put somebody in jail. Even though Cabot didn't have enough to take Andrews to trial initially, she thinks that she can sell how sus it looks that the husband is trying to cover something by posting bail for his wife. Mm -hmm. So she tells Munch to go get Patricia to have a chat. And Munch likes it. Mm -hmm. Boom. Cabot is pretty aggressively questioning Patricia. I'm saying Patricia and you were saying Patty. Cabot is pretty aggressively questioning Patty. Cabot wants to know why Patty dropped the charges. Was she threatened? She drops the rape stuff. He drops the assault stuff. And they're even. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Patty starts crying and says... He's a good guy and actually sorry this time. Blah, blah, blah. The story is so fucking familiar. Yeah. His exact words were, Patty, I'm sorry I raped you. That is unforgivable. Uh, What now? Patty leaves and insists she doesn't want their help. She also calls out Munch for not believing her in the process, which he deserves. What does she say? She was like, yeah, sorry, I'm not going to put my husband in jail just because you decided to believe me now. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Mm -hmm. She leaves and Cabot tells Munch that she's going to charge her with first degree assault. She doesn't really want that on Patty, but she wants to use it to press her. Mm -hmm. But since Andrews won't be of any help in charging her with first degree assault because he's dropped his charges against her, Mm -hmm. they need another witness to attest to the assault. Back to the neighbor. Back to my dad. (laughs) Hey, Rick. Rick, Rick, Rick. Rick, Rick. Okay, so they're in the squad room. Munch is filling out a statement from their neighbor, my dad. He was one that had called the police saying it was assault with a deadly weapon, but he was like, I really don't want him to like know that I know that. Like, please don't tell him that it was me because he's a cop. And I, you know, so Munch promises that Lloyd won't find out that it was him. And I'm like, that's doubtful, but okay. Yeah, I know. He said that he had seen Patty cut Andrews with a knife. Cabot has Patty and Patty's lawyer in her office. She also has them by the balls. <laughs> she says she'll bump down the assault two charge to assault three if Patty testifies to a grand jury about her rape. Patty calls it blackmail, but Cabot calls it the law. I'm not sure what I call it because I thought people couldn't just not press charges and things keep moving. Like, isn't it fucking hard enough when somebody's trying to press charges in, like, a rape case or any kind of case? And it's like, sorry, we don't have enough, blah, blah, blah. And Cabot's like, no, I'm going to figure out how to fuck this guy. Yeah. She's like, no, that's okay. I don't want you to. And she's like, too bad. Yeah, I don't understand the law, apparently. because Cabot's got a fucking hard on over getting this guy charged with rape. Yeah. Which, like, I'm down for. But I just don't get it. So Benson and Stabler go to pick up Sergeant Lloyd Andrews and he's chatting with Cheap Shot mm-hmm. at their precinct when Stabes quietly says, I've got a warrant for your arrest in my pocket, so don't make me cuff and Mirandize you here. Fucking hothead jumps up and he's like, I thought this was settled. <laughs> yeah. Like, Calm the fuck down, basketball shorts. What? Yeah, now everybody's fucking like now you made everybody look at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So Benson doesn't fucking flinch at this dude and goes, Apparently not. Now, can you get out of my way? Yeah. And they leave with the sergeant. I'm like, ha, fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, bitches. (laughs) 
<laughs> Staves is like, who's got the black eye now? Still me, but fuck off. <laughs> okay, so we're in court. Cabot walks in and it's fucking filled to the brim with fucking cops. Packed to the rafters. All staring at her. Two by two, side by side. <laughs> Sardines. Three, what else? These three pretty <laughs> maids all in a row. <laughs> <laughs> on the 12th day of christmas the cops in the <laughs> the cops filed into court one two three four five six seven eight okay they're all there all the cops all the cops are there so all the cops are in court andrews pleads not guilty cabot wants 50k for bail and the court erupts his lawyer says no she's trying to ruin his sterling reputation and wants him released on his own reconnaissance did i say it right Recon- recognizance 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 Oh my god. Recog did I just say eggnog? Eggnogizance. <laughs> Recog oh fuck, I have a thing of eggnog in my oh, I forgot to give it to somebody. Oh, I think I threw it away. Recognizance. You still have eggnog? Somebody gave it to me and I just I don't think I like eggnog. I don't know. I just put it in the fridge in the back. Yeah, that shit can just go in the trash. Yeah. It's probably a solid block. Now. It's probably already in the trash. I don't think let's I've worry about had, that later. I don't think I've had eggnog before, but eggnog eggnog that doesn't sound good i don't like the word egg nog eggnog nog nog Only kennedy's drink it eggnog eggnog it's so good <laughs> cabot is like i don't want to give the fucking message that officers of the law get a fucking free ride thanks for saying that cabot and toots this entire time the judge grants the ror to andrews mm-hmm. but he has to have an order of protection and surrender his weapons and then cabot's like hey andrew's lawyer let's have a chit chat do i even have to say that i fucking hate this guy no oh because he's a piece of shit everybody who's listening knows he's a fucking piece of shit yeah he's a piece of shit so cabot offers to drop the charges to sex abuse one and he'll get three years and mm-hmm. he'll serve two andrew's lawyer is confident they'll win so he won't agree to anything the tv drama is glaring here yes. because he's pretty much saying why do you have such a hard-on over this and cabot's pretty much saying because andrew's did it he doesn't deserve his freedom and he doesn't deserve to wear a badge mm-hmm. andrew's lawyer is going for a bench trial which is just a judge instead of a jury, obviously trying to work the system aspect in their favor. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say that the recant will play in their favor too. And he pulls out a hanky and he's like, here, for the egg on your face. I don't know what that means. Fuck you, you fucking thumb with a flat top. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> yeah. She tells him that his wife had confessed to them that he had apologized for raping her. And he was like, oh, but that's privileged. Between a husband and wife. So at the arraignment court, Cabot's got Munch on the stand. He's testifying to Patricia coming in to recant her statement. He says that she said she wanted to drop the charges but never said that her husband didn't rape her. But in Mm -hmm. fact said he did and apologized for it. Yeah, it's a double hearsay and at least privilege. But the judge says that because it was told to a third party, there isn't privilege anymore. And the hearsay is still a thing, but he'll allow it? I don't know. Yeah. So there's nothing further there with Munch. Now Patty's on the stand. Oh, God. She does not want to be there, but she agrees with her original statement that they were fighting. She was hitting him. He choked her and raped her. Andrew's lawyer comes for her with the assault charges that he says would be dropped in exchange for her testimony. This is all just such a fucking mess. Yeah. She's like, you're a bitch. You're twisting everything around. (laughs) Yeah. She's fucking hard coming at Cabot. Yeah. The judge is like, chill out. He's like, watch your language. They cut to her Cabot and her eyes are like big, like, whoa. Like, jeez. Like, both of these people are hotheads. 
You yeah. Know? But also based on personal experience, the fact that she's like hard defending him and like getting mad about her coming to her with like the facts mm-hmm. isn't surprising. surprising. Yeah. So now Andrews is on the stand with his lawyer holding his hand and he's this sad sack oh. talking about how the fighting is violent on her end. But he uses this manipulative martyrdom of, well, I haven't always been the best husband. Mm-hmm. Like, I deserve it. And his lawyer's like, why would she accuse you? He's like, well, I had a year-long relationship that I promised I would end. And I'm like, where is this woman? I know. I want to hear from this woman. Yeah. So he still claims that he didn't rape her. And his confession and apology was because she always had to be right. So he just admitted it to, like, move on. Yeah. It's like, I didn't want to have to fight for the rest of my life. So I just admitted to raping her. I'm like, Like it was a run-of-the-mill argument. Yeah. You know? Like, fine, you're right. The dress is gold and blue, not black and white. Or right. whatever, like <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just want some peace and quiet. I don't know any husband who doesn't. Fuck off. Fuck you. I'm gonna slit your throat, Lloyd. Oh. So Cabot comes up and brings up the threat he made on the street that he could do her without leaving a mark. And this bunny boiler fucking psycho oh goes to 100 immediately when yes. his precious hand isn't being held, and he screams, "That heifer threatened to torch me. What was I supposed to say?" Damn, dude, was that too much? No, that was great because. <laughs> I was like, even I was watching it and I wasn't expecting him to do that. I was like, whoa. Immediately. Like he could not handle Cabot being like, what about this exact thing that you said? So after he says that, I'm like, this is where Gabe finds him on the internet comments and replies, calm down, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Cabot's like super surprised and I am too and the whole world is and then she's like that heifer is supposed to be the woman you love and like that's the thing that makes him think I don't understand what like these people at I can't I don't think it made him think I get what like the face you're talking about but I think he was kind of like I blacked out for a second I I rage blacked out because I'm a fucking psycho I better calm down I'm in court here. So we're in Cabot's office and she's she's apparently to me, she's like eating a sandwich that Maureen came in and made for her because there's like a million tomatoes on it. <laughs> you know? And I was, just, I was thinking like, what's up with these fucking turkey sandwiches? Whatever. Andrew's lawyer walks in and he's like knocks on the door and he's like, hi. <laughs> now he wants to bargain, right? So he's like, how about yeah. we do sexual misconduct? And he's out of a job. She says no because she's making headway and he knows it and she knows it. And that's mm-hmm. why he's in the office with mm-hmm. her. And he goes, hell of a railroad job you did with what he said in the heat of the moment. Got me thinking about fights I've had with my own wife. Sometimes I want to kill her. And she's like, uh, well, if she ends up dead, then you've got a problem. Yeah. And she's like, the fucking D felony is on the table three years and he'll be out in one. But that comes with a sex offender tag. And he's like, I don't want that because it'll ruin Andrew's life to have that. And then this motherfucker. I was just going to say. Go ahead. He fucking legit grabs her entire pickle and takes too big of a chomp. He takes a bite of like, it is a. I sent you a picture of it, of his full ass mouth. Andre the Giant's thumb size pickle jimmy john's that they cut into quarters pickle and he takes he at least a third of it yeah and i'm convinced that he had something to say like this there was something for him to say like in the script while he's walking out but his mouth was full of pickling just shook his head on his way out <laughs> like i sent you a picture of his full ass like yes. sucking on a dick pickle in his mouth it was and insane leaves with the rest of the pickle i mean yeah. i wouldn't want the pickle after he took that big mouthy chomp on it but like yeah. fuck she doesn't you, dude. say anything she's like, I, I love us i love a pickle on the side of my sub i i would have been like i don't like pickles so i just would have been mad Not that even he didn't fried pickles no i oh fried pickles with ranch is that really midwest california commenter <laughs> i don't like pickles or olives i try them every year and i don't like them it's the oh. same thing with women i hate I tried every year <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing with women i tried every year <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I don't like pickles, but I like would want him to wait for me to offer it. This guy is not the type to wait for an offer. And she, I was like really hoping she'd be like full of sandwich in her mouth and put her arms up and be like, dude, what the fuck? Stick my pickle. I mean, whatever I have it, I guess. Now we're in Craigan's office and he's called Jeffrey's in to talk about her suit. She doubles down on her personal life being her personal life mm-hmm. and she doesn't feel like Craigan had her back. Craigan thinks that she needs help even though he doesn't agree on how they came down on her. He says, the way I see it, it's equivalent to you trying to eat your gun and I can't let that happen. Okay, this is where I think he's talking about her eval as a whole that she had with the therapist and not just the fact that she banged that dude. Yes. Yeah, like, remember, she was behaving erratically after the car bomb, not sleeping, not being herself. And a sudden change of behavior after a traumatic incident should be addressed. And I can't fault Craigan for that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's left unclear. That is yeah. left unclear. Yeah. But I mean, I honestly think like at that time, like, you know, women fucking having sex, doing fucking whatever is always like. Mm. I know. But I do think I Dad just, Craigan was was taking in it as a whole because I really, really sat and thought about the statement he made the way I see it. It's equivalent to you trying to eat your gun. And I just can't let that happen. The self-destructive behaviors that were coming with like the erratic response she had to this traumatic event. Yes, but and they he are, wants her to go get help. They're literally like, this is about her private life, the suit. So she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I feel like it's unclear, but I but I really overthink everything and I really think that's where Craigan's coming from. These are but, real, these are real people, so it's fine for us to think I mean, overthink yeah, about I mean, it. <laughs> oh no. This is important to my life that i understand this and that i can keep craigan on the pedestal that i've put him on yeah jeffries doesn't agree yeah she yeah she doesn't agree but she leaves but she kind of like almost slowly leaves the door where you it's like she kind of does this little like look back a little bit and Mm. it's like you know she knows craigan cares about her yeah he's dad you know but she's disappointed too because she doesn't feel supported and she straight says it yeah we're in the courtroom the judge basically confirms that spousal rape exists thanks for the minimum uh-huh. but he says that the law can't determine that unless there's corroboration or grievous injury uh <sighs> anyway yeah so munch goes up to cabot and he's like this was a waste of time cabot's like no it's actually not because she's the only ada to get spousal rape past the grand jury so she may not have won but change the climate so somebody else can and i was like damn yeah she's just punching the thick glass ceiling yeah by herself and then fucking Trish and Lloyd are hard making out like teenagers in the courtroom. Hard. Just like weird, abusive make out. It's, it's gross. They're like adults. It's relatable. I know. It is. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you're so fucked up. So are you. Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> so Craigan comes into the precinct. It's kind of dark and he walks into his office. And Toots is in there, weirdly. And there's a gun and a badge on his desk. Kragan thinks it's Toots. He's like, oh, I thought you were like a hotshot. It's a little premature. And he's like, no, dude, get real. I'm fucking Toots. He's like, it's Jeffries. She quit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeffries left her gun and her badge. I I want to say that I bet that this was just a slight rewrite because of what was really going on. BTS behind the scenes. There had to have been because there's no like, what the fuck is Toots just sitting there for? Why is Toots there? Because Toots was supposed to, again, only be there for a few episodes. So I, they were like, oh, yeah, Toots is going to come in. It's going to be like, whoa, why is T is here for five minutes? And then he's going to be like, I can't handle this. This is too much. Kind of like fucking Cassidy. Oh, yeah. She said she didn't want her gun and badge left unattended but she wasn't going to wait and say goodbye either. Yeah. It sent a message of like, I'm done with this shit and I'm not going to talk to you about it. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want a Jeffrey's comeback. I know. We all do. You're that way up the tea potty while you're recording. Some. I know you're vegan, Diane. I planned for it. We've got nut milks. We all know. You say it every other day. I'm vegan. I'm vegan. We know, Diane. It's not a personality. Okay. <laughs> so what? You don't like milk. Big fucking deal. Big whoop, Diane. <laughs> News flash. None of us like it. I just saw a thing that was like, what kind of psycho is thirsty and drinks a glass of milk? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Fucking gross. Get it together because this shit is serious. Yeah. Okay. So. Diane, if your nails were shorter, you'd be able to type faster. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's it. So before we get into this chaser, we're going to hit this real quick. Rain.org. R-A-I-N-N.org. Right? Two M's. R-A-I-N-N.org. 800-656-HOPE. That's 800-656-4673. That is the National Sexual Assault Hotline. I feel like that needs to be... Front and center. Front and center. Please know that my chaser is in all caps, but I won't be screaming the entire time strictly for the benefit of the listeners. Okay? Okay. We're going to hit a few fun facts before getting into the actual story. It wasn't until 1976 that Nebraska became the first state to get rid of marital rape exceptions in their legal system. And like Olivia said in the episode, it wasn't until 1993 that every state had done the same thing. Marital rape exceptions are basically just that you couldn't really prove it was rape in a marriage because it's too hard to prove for different reasons. There was a prior justification of, quote, a husband's right to sex that was literally in the law. Like, there's unequivocal consent by entering into a marital contract. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Cool, 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 cool. Also, wives have been deemed property of their husbands for fucking centuries in hundreds of cultures, but, you know, we're, like, equal now, so it's fine. Mm, um, yeah. Since yeah. 1993. <laughs> Jesus. Old Navy is older than that. Oh, my God. Is it? I don't know if it is. I just... I don't know. I know I am older than that. Yeah. Every actual justification that I read for marital rape exceptions is just straight fucking sexism. It it all favors the husband's word over the wife's is basically what it is. Yeah. And in a lot of states, it's also harder to prosecute because the requirements are different than non-marital rape. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't in every state, but some states require that marital rapes are reported sooner than is required for non-marital rape victims. Uh, less severe sentences are super common. There's even dismissal of charges if the victim agrees to it and the rapist goes to counseling. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, they mentioned it in the episode too, but I also read that some states require more proof of force of violence than is required with non-marital rape. So all of this shit makes it more difficult to make a case, so that makes it more difficult for the case to even appear before a judge. DNA doesn't matter because it can be argued that that was from consensual sex. Mm -hmm. When it comes down to it, it's just the victim's testimony and how much water that holds can be case by case, based on the judge, based on the varying laws of each state, mm -hmm. etc. Okay? Cool. So even though they're saying that it doesn't exist anymore, there are still so many hurdles that need to be jumped in every single case for it to be even looked at with the level of seriousness that non-marital rape is looked at, which, let's be honest, yeah. like isn't taken that seriously to begin with. Yeah, I mean, hello, Marishka and the backlog. Right. That exists because, okay. Yeah. So, um, today's chaser is about Indiana's Mandy Boardman and the man she calls her ex-husband, also the man who raped her, David Wise. Mandy and David were married in 1997. 
They had two kids, a boy and a girl. They both worked and raised their kids, and like a lot of married couples, were in the grind of their day-to-day. When they were married for about seven years, Mandy remembers waking up one night with a pill dissolving in her mouth. It confused her, but she left it at that. And around this time, she also began having what she called memory and fatigue issues. Hmm. And then a lot of things started popping up like this. Waking up with no clothes on, even though she went to bed with clothes on. Having a weird, bitter taste in her mouth. She later began tasting that same thing in her drinks and started to be concerned that there was something really wrong with her. Mm. Like, you know when you take an aspirin and then you can't get it down with your first drink of water and you have that taste in your mouth? Yeah. She described it like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. So then she was questioning, like, am I sleepwalking? Like, what is going on with me? Or, like, do I have some kind of weird neurological damage if I'm tasting this shit all the time? Or, like... Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about fucking being gaslit. Holy shit. So then one night, she woke up and caught her husband standing over her with a flashlight in her face. She saw him shove something into the mattress, and she physically fought him to get to it. It was a vial with a cloudy liquid in it. He finally admitted that he had been dissolving Xanax, sometimes Ambien, and giving it to her while she was asleep. He said that he was just trying to help her get more sleep. Mandy was not a fan Mm-mm. of his gesture mm-hmm. and asked him to stop. She was confused and upset, but couldn't really put her finger on why. Um, he just said why. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But there was something she, more. You know, but she's. She feels there's something more to it. And she's like, can't figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's her husband. She's married to this guy. They have two kids. She, by all accounts, has had like a good marriage with him to this point. She's like, what is going on? That is so weird of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just weird. I could see myself like almost um, getting to a point of being like, what's your deal? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird that you would do that. That's not. But I would also maybe in the same thought go. God, guys are dumb. Leave me alone. Let me sleep restlessly. Yeah. (laughs) That's a weird solution, you weirdo. Yeah. You know, she told him, like, knock it off. And he said he would stop. And so she believed him, you know. As the years went on, she caught him again and again trying to do this. She kept confronting him. And somehow he always convinced her that he would stop. His sick argument would be that he thought he was being helpful and doing what was best for her. Mm -hmm. With all this going on, one day he left his phone at home. And for one reason or another, Mandy decided to go through his phone. Mm -hmm. She just said that she felt like he might be involved in something shady. It was her intuition. Yeah. On his phone, she found three videos of Mandy herself passed out cold and her husband having sex with her. She said in these videos she looked like she was dead. She had no idea how many times it had actually happened. She only found the three videos. She rightfully freaked out and, like, that she finally had some proof that the feeling of something not right being a part of her marriage was actually true. Mm -hmm. So she made a DVD copy of those videos and confronted her husband. This guy was so fucked and had fucked with her head so much that he convinced her that no one would believe her that he did anything wrong, even with the video evidence. I don't know how the conversation went, but... Probably like, I'm your husband, and we're having sex, and nobody's gonna believe you, or... Yeah. Yeah, like, like, what do you think this is, rape? Like, oh my god. Yeah. So this all goes back to the marital rape not really being rape shit. Mm -hmm. So then, in 2009, she divorced him. That was very soon after. Um, She found the videos in 2008. So in 2009, they got a divorce. So he moved out and Mandy attempted to move on. You know, she didn't take it to the police or anything. She didn't want her kids growing up without a dad. She wasn't even fully convinced that she believed what she was looking at. Yeah. Like, she knew it was fucked up. 
but she was kind of like, well, maybe it's not, you know, talking yourself out of shit. That's yeah. clear. But when you're in it, it's just not as clear. She kept the DVDs though, right? Oh. She was struggling with something that a lot of rape survivors struggle with, which often includes guilt and shame. Almost a feeling of not being worth mm-hmm. addressing it. Then after a couple of years, she had an epiphany about the whole thing. She had sent her kids to stay with their dad for the weekend. Her son was supposed to be on a school trip and her daughter would have been at her dad's alone. Mm. Here's a quote from an article that Mandy wrote for Time Magazine. Quote, all of a sudden, I felt like my brain opened up and I finally realized that what my husband did to me was 100% wrong. If he could do something that horrific and horrible to his own wife, then he could do it to anyone, including my daughter. Oh my god. So she had this moment, and it, it sucks I wish we valued ourselves yeah. more, Yeah. where it's like she couldn't see it until it could affect someone else, mm-hmm. which I'm so glad she's that protective of her child and had that moment. So her Oprah aha moment had come. Here it was. So in 2011, two and a half years after discovering the videos, she gave a copy that she had kept to the police and told them everything. The next three years were courtroom hell. Oh, God. Criminal court for the rapes, civil courts for custody. There was a jury trial, and in May of 2014, he was convicted of six Class B felonies, which included rape and criminal deviant conduct. A sense of relief, right? Yeah. The validity of being heard, right? Yes. Two weeks later was his sentencing hearing. Oh my God. His crimes had him eligible to receive six to 20 years in prison. Okay. Oh my God. No. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, A year. Eight months. Marion Superior Judge Kurt Eisgruber gave Wise a 20-year sentence, 12 years suspended, eight years in home detention. What? He was sentenced to house arrest. For eight years. Zero prison time. The state, of course, had asked for incarceration. Marion County Deputy Prosecutor Courtney Curtis said the only proper place to serve this crime is the prison. Anyone who has the gall or the selfishness to invade someone else's body does not deserve to sit at home on the couch or to be with any member of his family. He deserves to be kept away from society to repent and rehabilitate in the Department of Corrections. Oh my god, um, he fucking made, he videotaped it. Like, mm-hmm. what the f- He made the physical evidence that they used. Um, okay. In the state of Indiana, they can take into consideration the criminal history, employment, and likelihood of committing another crime to make the sentencing decision. But here's a side note. In 2010, before all of this, he had been harassing Mandy via text and threatened to kill her then fiance, now husband. So when she went to the police, she had already had an order of protection against him. Mm -hmm. But he had never had any felony charges or anything like that. So that all went into account for his sentencing. If this doesn't highlight the value women don't have in the eyes of this judge, I don't know what does. Yeah. Oh, this. This does. (laughs) The judge told Mandy, "Mm, remember, this is in all caps. Okay. The judge told Mandy that Wise may have not been a good husband, but was a good father and that she should forgive him. Oh, my. He looked at her. The judge looked at her in court during sentencing of her rapist. And said that to her. Oh, my fucking... He doesn't have a job anymore, right? He's Girl. Is he dead? Tell me he's fucking dead. Is he dead? <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> well, he needs to be. He fucking needs to be. Diane, wheels up in 30. <laughs>
so back to that Times article, Mandy goes, quote, excuse me, sir, this man raped me multiple times over many years. Rape doesn't make him a crappy husband. It makes him a criminal. Yeah. End quote. That's your, and, and like, your job is to, yeah. your job as a judge mm-hmm. is to, you're not a fucking. Get out, get out of our fucking marriage that, by the way, doesn't exist anymore because I divorced him for raping me. Don't talk about our feelings. Talk about the crime. That's your fucking job. That's your, mm-hmm. You're not a therapist. And if you were a therapist, you should fucking be fired immediately. But like. Right. Get the fuck out of here. What are you? Sure. I can just see yeah. his fucking. I gotta Google this guy. What's his name? Dude. No. Okay. Wait. Okay. Mandy hit such a deep depression after this. Like how fucked up it is that just because she married a rapist, his crimes wouldn't be punished to the level that they deserve to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, <gasps> he died. Two months later. Huh? Said he died. Oh yeah. Nobody's dead. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna spoiler alert. Nobody's dead for now. Yeah, time. they will die at some yeah, point. Yeah, at Gabe. some point. I mean, Everybody's get, everyone in this story will die. Everyone's gonna die. Oh my god. So am I. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Two months later, in July of 2014, Wise violated his house arrest. The violation was that his monitoring device wasn't connected to his CO, so he claimed that he didn't charge the GPS monitoring device properly and went to sleep. But that same night, like, how fucking scary is this? Mandy got a call at one in the morning from the police saying that they couldn't track Wise's GPS and to call 911 if she saw him. Oh my god. Like, that's fucking scary, you know? He said he didn't know the battery was dead until he woke up after 5 a.m. Too fucking bad, guy who's used to not answering to his bullshit. Yeah. He was given a five-year prison sentence. But of course, he served like a year. He was released in May of 2015. So actually, it was less than a year. After serving his prison sentence, Wise was sentenced to home detention for three years and then probation for two years. And he would also have to register as a sex offender for 10 years. So all of these articles that I read were right around... When it happened, you know, 2014, 2015, you can hear her running it's up there. Cute. It's fine. So I always try to look past that to see any updates. Like I was searching to find out if the judge in that case was fired was the thing I wanted to find out because I knew you were going to be like, where the fuck is that judge? <laughs> he wasn't fired. The last thing I saw about him was his last term was up like at the end of 2020. And I think he was being voted back in or something. Oh, my God. God damn. Fuck. But while I was searching that, I found an article from February of 2017. Fucking David Wise wound up in front of Ice Gruber again. He was arrested after he hid a cell phone in a restroom at a Kroger grocery store that he worked at. Mandy attended his hearing and said, quote, this could have been prevented, you know. This man should have never been out to begin with. Judge Ice Gruber told me I should consider making sure that he has a good relationship with our children, but our son and daughter want nothing to do with him. This man needs to spend some time behind bars. He needs to realize he's not invincible, that he can be held accountable for his actions. It's not only my fight anymore. It's actually a fight for the community. Everybody wants to see people like this off the streets. When we continuously have judges that don't give out sentences that fit the crime, this is going to happen. Yeah. So Wise was working at the grocery store cleaning floors, but started cleaning bathrooms before his shift. It wasn't his responsibility to do that, red flag. Yeah. Okay. Wise told police that his phone had gone missing while he was cleaning the bathroom when really it was set up recording under the sink and pointed at the toilet. Oh my God, this guy. Yeah. So after police got a search warrant for the phone, they found thumbnail images with timestamps from 19 days in January and February. Just imagine all the other stuff he was doing that they don't fucking know about if he's like... 
recording yeah. people it's fucking mm-hmm. oh my god indiana is that where he is you said yes oh piece of shit as of april 23rd 2018 he pled guilty to a voyeurism charge and his sentence for his 2014 conviction was amended after that and he was sentenced to prison the last thing i found on him was that he was projected to have a release date of december 6th 2022 mandy has moved forward working with legislators to change the laws surrounding marital rape in her state and has made some progress but how in the fuck are we still doing this in 2021 i don't know i was looking to find like what laws she'd exactly been able to like she'd found success in changing and i just kept running into different women advocating for the change of marital rape laws in their own state because they had been raped by their husbands Mm -hmm. so this guy is still in prison he's in his late 50s now their kids are like 21 and 18 ish so i mean i know there's that level of comfort for mandy at least that her children are adults and don't have to like be forced to go see him or something yeah yeah let's wrap it up season two episode eight taken is next week the detectives investigate a rape that occurred during the opening festivities of a luxury hotel well shit yeah Thanks for that chaser, and now I'm going to be fucking angry for the rest of the day. You're welcome. I love you so much. (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Instagram, on all socials. We are at SVU Pod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcast. We've got merch. Merch, merch, merch. Abby wants to send you merch. You can go to svupod.com. You can also send us a DM, email, whatevs. Yeah, we'll see ya. See ya. <laughs> bye, buddy. <laughs> Hope you find your dad. <laughs> All right, love you, love you, bye. It was funny because you were like, I could hear you going, you want to talk to Gabe? And you're like, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I get more handsy when I have nails on. That's what I would do. Like, I literally bought a bag of bugles the other day just because I hadn't done the thing. <laughs> yeah. And I put them on, ones that would fit, and was like, bop, 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 bop. Like, I pretended to clack on a fucking keyboard. Cabot asks for 50k for bail, and the court erupts with white distaste. I don't know. All right, sorry. White distaste. White guy distaste. I'm not happy about this. (laughs) Cabot asks for... I'm going to write a one-star review. (laughs) Cabot asks for 50k for bail. Get the minivan, kids. We're going home. (laughs) Let's blow this popsicle stand. Um, Did that land at all? No. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, honey. No, honey. (laughs)